Hi, this is Bob Bostock, and welcome to Discover DEP, the official podcast of the New Jersey Department of Environmental Protection. Each week, we talk with DEP experts about how we protect and preserve New Jersey's air, water, land, and natural and historic resources. So that you'll never miss one of our podcasts, please subscribe to Discover DEP on iTunes or Google Play. You can also follow DEP on the web at nj.gov DEP. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy our podcast. Hi, this is Bob Bostock, and welcome to another edition of Discover DEP. March is Women's History Month, and here at DEP, we have women making history every day as they protect our environment and the public health and make sure that New Jersey's air, water, land are all clean and protected, as well as our natural and historic sites. Today, we have three special guests and a special host who are recording this podcast in honor of Women's History Month. So with that, I'd like to turn it over to DEP's Chief of Staff, Magdalena Padilla, who is our host for this broadcast today. Magdalena? Thank you, Bob. As the Chief of Staff for New Jersey DEP since 2010, I've had many opportunities to work with a variety of DEP teams. And one of the things that Commissioner Martin made very clear to me when I joined the team with him in 2010 was that he was interested in encouraging excellence and creating opportunities for our teams to become even better than they already are. With that in mind, Bob, I really appreciate the opportunity to be speaking with three of our excellent staffers here at DEP, each of whom in their own special way demonstrate Commissioner Martin's vision for the future of DEP and most importantly, demonstrates to everyone that excellence can be and is achieved here at DEP. My three guests for today are Leslie McGeorge, Blanca Chevrest, and Gladys Giron. As I mentioned earlier, one of the things that Commissioner Martin wanted us to encourage was that we created opportunities for our staff to excel. But one of our staffers here has demonstrated that excellence is a tradition here at DEP. And Leslie McGeorge is here as not only representing the women of DEP, but most importantly, the tradition of excellence. Leslie, you are outstanding. You are here at DEP as part of a force of 1,100 females. And of the 1,100 females at DEP, we have uh, 18 who have law degrees, 14 who have doctorate degrees, 164 who have master's degrees, 58 associate degrees, and, and we do have, of course, our new and coming future of DEP with high school females here as well. But only you, Leslie won an award, a significant award, with which we are all very proud of. You received an award from the Society of Women Environmental Professionals of Greater Philadelphia. Congratulations to you, Leslie. Thank you very much, Magdalena. Leslie, can you tell us a little bit about what inspired you to get into environmental studies? When I was growing up, I grew up in Moorestown, Burlington County, and I was experiencing the loss of a lot of the open space to development, a lot of the agricultural fields to development, and felt a great loss of the natural resources. 
my family was very focused on the outdoors and protecting the outdoors and experiencing the outdoors. And my father was also a physician, so there was interest in protecting human health. So I think the combination of all of those things made me interested in going into the environmental health field. Tell us about your history and background here at DEP. How did you get started with us? I got started at DEP after taking biological sciences courses at Lafayette College and graduating there, taking every environmental science course that I could acquire there, and there were only four at that time. That was a college that had just recently admitted women for the first time, and I had many challenges going to Lafayette at that time. After that, I worked in the medical research field at uh, Coriel Institute for Medical Research here in New Jersey, and then went to a graduate program at UNC at North Carolina for public health in environmental chemistry and biology, and then decided it was time to come back home to New Jersey to work in the environmental health field. And I started as a research scientist in what was then the Office of Cancer and Toxic Substances Research at DEP that became the Division of Science, Research, and Environmental Health. And I was a research scientist there working on toxics and microbial contaminants in water, wastewater, drinking water, air, and fish tissue. You were certainly a trailblazer, without a doubt. What made you think that DEP was the right place for you? That's an excellent question. There were two things when I was coming back from graduate school. One was DEP had one of the best known, renowned, even at that time, science programs of any state environmental management agency in the country. And I wanted to work for a state agency where I felt that we could make a practical difference in environmental health with science programs. Also, at the time, this is 1981, there were many environmental issues to work on that we could make a difference on in New Jersey due to our uh, high population density and the legacy of our rich industrial history in the state. Now, Leslie, that's an extensive background. What do you do for DEP right now? Right now, I manage the Bureau of Freshwater and Biological Monitoring where we monitor the rivers, streams, and lakes of the state. I also am very pleased to have the opportunity to run the New Jersey Water Monitoring Council together with the United States Geological Survey and learn from so many partners, our NGOs, our watershed associations, other government agencies in terms of improving and doing innovations in environmental monitoring, particularly for the water side. I also have the opportunity to represent New Jersey, the Association of Clean Water Administrators, and learn from other states in terms of water protection practices. Now, Leslie, I know that some of our recent college students listening to this podcast are going to hear about your experiences and say to themselves, I could do that or I want to do that. But it took a long time, I'm sure, Leslie, to be able to get to the high level of expertise that you've been able to achieve. How long have you been in DEP? 36 years. And I am sure that you felt like you just got here yesterday. 
I actually do because I feel that the department gave me the opportunity to work on such a wide variety of things. I never worked on the same thing two days in a row and gave me the support and the opportunity to, with many other women and men in the department and outside, to make a difference in environmental health. So I'm, I've been very pleased with the career. Well, thank you, Leslie. We're really glad that you chose DEP, and we're all looking forward to the other accolades that not only DEP will bestow upon you, but other organizations as well. Thank you. Thank you, Magdalena. Now, although we have a lot of really experienced people here at DEP, we're really encouraging the next generation of DEP staffers to step up and assume leadership roles. And for my next guest, I'm going to be speaking to Blanca Chevrest. Blanca is the superintendent for Swartzwood State Park. And for those of you that may be wondering, where is that park? It is in Sussex County in the northwestern part of the state. It is also the state's first state park, having been named that in 1915. Blanca, I know that you have all of this information at your fingertips. So excuse me for just sharing that much. I know that our guests would find that interesting. I think our guests would also find equally interesting that you, as the female superintendent of a state park, are one of 12 female superintendents in, in New Jersey, and we have a total of 22 superintendents in New Jersey. So out of 22 superintendents for state parks in New Jersey, 12 are female. Blanca, thank you for joining us this morning and for your leadership as one of the superintendents for New Jersey's state parks. Tell us about your experiences at Swartzwood. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Leslie, congratulations. This is a, you're a tough person to follow, <laughs> but I'll do my best. Yes, in addition to, to Swartzwood State Park, I also, along with the superintendent of High Point, share the responsibilities of Stoke State Forest, which is another popular spot in, in, in Sussex County in a beautiful location. But I've been at, at Swartzwood now for almost 17 years, and I'm actually the first female superintendent there. Didn't know we have, we're, we're outnumbering the men now, superintendent-wise, and that wasn't the case when I was first hired back in 1999. As a superintendent, there were only a handful of us, I think maybe four or five. So, uh, so, so you too are a trailblazer. Yeah, it's, 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 it's nice to know. I, it's, it's, it's nice, and, and the female superintendents in the state from High Point to Cape May are, are pretty impressive themselves and have very impressive stories to tell, I'm sure. So I started at Swartzwood State Park actually in, in 2000. I was hired as a superintendent in 1999 and, and actually was assigned down in the southern region in the Pine Barrens and down by Wharton State Forest in the regional office assisting the regional superintendent there so that was quite an experience and then moved on to the central region office and worked with the regional superintendent there and eventually ended up at Swartzwood but prior to that I actually started with DEP as a seasonal employee actually I was an intern first in 1995 I was doing my internship for East Stroudsburg University so that 480 hours spent there just doing various things and obtaining various experiences and then was hired later worked four years as a seasonal summer employee 
and at the time working various jobs to get to where I am now, which was always my dream. And tell me a little bit about what, what a typical day is like for you as the superintendent of the park. Well, Sportswood State Park is relatively small. It's about 3,500 acres as compared to Stoke State Forest, which is over 16,000. Sportswood State Park is well known for its lakes and streams, particularly Sportswood Lake. Uh, a lot of people come there to camp knowing that the lake is a short distance for swimming, boating, and anything else that you would enjoy doing on the lake, paddle boarding canoeing, kayaking. What's nice is the lake is electric motor only, so you don't have to worry about jet skis or motorboats zipping by you. So it's, it's a nice place for families to come. There's a lot to do in such a kind of small area. So we're well known for our lakes and streams. Stokes more well known for its hiking trails and, and camping and vistas such as Sunrise Mountain. But Swartzwood, and we have a small staff during this time of year, but during the summer, of course, we hire our summer help from lifeguards to, to our maintenance and office staff. So for those of us who are going to be listening to this podcast and wondering, gee, I wonder if I could become a superintendent of a state park at some point, uh, tell us a little bit about your uh, academic background and the skill set that you bring to the position of superintendent. Well, I always like to kind of go back a little bit to, I mean, I grew up in Brooklyn in the inner city in a project development. So I, when I tell people that, they say, how did you end up here? And I always say, well, it was, I always felt it was my calling and my passion. It was when I was a child, my parents always took us to local parks. They grew up in Puerto Rico in the countryside and thought it was very important to expose us to nature as much as they could, being that we were living in the inner city. They took us to a local park. It was about three miles away. We used to go there. We used to hike the trails. We always took a ball, a bat, gloves. We packed light, never took a chair, never even took food. But that was something that really got me interested in wanting to be outside, wanting to kind of play a bigger role in that type of environment. Back then, we didn't have computers to research what colleges to go to to, to, to be able to study in that field. So it was a matter of calling the 800 number for a particular school. And being that I had never really been out of the city, it was interesting to try to find a place where I can study becoming not at the time so much a park superintendent, it was everyone wanted to become a ranger. So I eventually ended up in a, at a college, Keystone College in Lapoon, Pennsylvania, in the middle of nowhere, no car. Uh, it was a culture shock, but at that point I knew I was where I needed to be and eventually ended up at East Stroudsburg University and earned my bachelor's degree there in leisure services, outdoor management. And it was my advisor at the time said, you know, this is, you should apply, you know, New Jersey is a great place to work, DEP, and, and uh, she's had great experiences with the students and the park superintendents uh, at, at, in New Jersey and thought it would be a great opportunity to do my internship at even Worthington State Forest at the time. So that's how I ended up there. But it was always something that I enjoyed doing. Recreation was an important part of my life growing up, and I knew that I can probably have an impact on someone else's life in providing that opportunity. But doing resource management, playing my role in protecting the environment, not just the natural resource, but the historic and the cultural. But people forget the recreational resource being just almost as important. So many people rely on the recreational resources that we have in the state, and I like to think that I'm playing an important role in that. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. And how many years have you been in DEP? I've been in DEP for 22 years now. 
Yeah, I started, I think, when I was about 20, 23 years old. Yeah, so it's and in that time in DEP, what, what would you say has been your most challenging experience, especially as a superintendent? Money is always a problem for us, uh, getting enough money to do what we need to do in our parks and to maintain our infrastructure and staffing levels. You know, we're, we're uh, working very hard to do what we can with the staff that we have. And the staff that we do have, they're incredibly talented and dedicated, and they actually probably work as hard as a staff of, of triple the, the amount of what we have. So that makes makes a big difference. But it's it's always a challenge and trying to strike a balance, I think a lot of times in terms of uh, resource management, and particularly with Swartzwood Lake, we do a lot of watershed protection and trying to improve the water quality of the lake and trying to strike a balance between protecting the resource, the plants, the rare plants that are in the lake, and also providing an opportunity for recreation. We don't want to go in and cut the rare plant, but we also have a responsibility to maintain our swimming areas so it's safe for our swimmers. Mm -hmm. So that's always a challenge is trying to strike a balance between resource management in terms of the natural resource and also the recreational resource. Mm -hmm. And that sometimes gets difficult. Some people think it's more important to protect the natural resource more than the recreational resource. And then you have our citizens and our constituents that are fighting to protect the recreational resource. What advice would you have for our young female listeners who might be interested in a position in the parks or in succeeding you in Swartzwood? It's a great job and it's, you can't be you know, working in the outdoors, but it is a challenge. There are good days and bad days just like in any job and people think because we work in parks that every day is a good day. But it's a rewarding job. It's it's as so rewarding, and and again, this is my dream to be where I am. It it was always my passion, and I know anyone that takes over for me when that time eventually comes, they will feel just as rewarded for doing what I do there now. Well, thank you. Both Blanca and Leslie are representative of the excellence that Commissioner Martin uh, demands of our staff. But you have both been here before this administration was here. You deserve a lot of credit for everything, certainly that you've been able to achieve on your own, and, and you're certainly wonderful role models for the future of DEP. Uh, so thank you both. One of the things that we're concerned about, all of us at DEP, is how do we encourage the next generation of DEP staff to be as motivated as both of you to be as interested in DEP as both of you, to stay and to make this not just your job, but your career, your profession. This is what this is the reason that you that that you enjoy coming to work. It's because you work at DEP. Gladys. Hi, how are you? I'm sure <laughs> that every morning when you come in and you go into the communications section, you never know what you're coming into because of the nature of your job. But we all know that you do it very well. Gladys, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do in communications? Well, I'm the communications assistant there. And the job of the communications office is basically to make sure that DP's message and directions are clear to the public and the regulated community. And that includes preparing Commissioner Martin for his events, reaching out to municipalities and keeping in touch with schools to make sure that proper environmental education is being taught. So that's the kind of work we do. It's very broad in who we talk to. And like you said, every day is a new thing. 
And Gladys, tell us a little bit about your background and how you became involved in communications. Well, I'm also not originally from New Jersey. I'm actually from Queens. So that's nice to know I have that in common with you, Blanca. <laughs> Both from New York. I was originally a political science major at school. I've always liked that field. And originally, I wanted to get involved in some sort of international politics career. But I just decided I, I wanted to stay in the country. I wanted to stay here and make sure I made a difference here. And I eventually found my way to New Jersey. And after dealing with the Model UN, I realized that I did like speaking and I liked that form of communications. So I made sure to point that out in my resumes. So when I applied to the DEP, that was what stood out for the person that was hiring me at the time. And what gives you the most satisfaction about working in DEP? There's two things. I learn a lot here. Every day, there's always something new to learn. And in my job, you don't necessarily stick to one field. So one day I could be talking to Leslie about what she does about water. And then the next day I could talk to Blanca and what's going on with her with her park. And every day it's something different. It could be bobcats one day, it could be bears the next day, it could be water infrastructure the next. So every day there's something different. and. I do love making sure that we reach out to the people of New Jersey and that our message is clear, especially when we prepare Commissioner Martin for his events. It is very fulfilling to know that he goes out there and does a good job and that I had a little to do with that. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you all three. As the Chief of Staff of DEP, it's my job to make sure that you have the resources that you need to be able to continue excelling and that we also create an environment here where, just like Gladys, the next generation of DEP staffers are cultivated and encouraged to come join us. Here at DEP, we take a lot of pride in the number of interns that we are able to get every year. And every year, we easily get hundreds of resumes from college students and people who are pursuing their masters who want to be interns here at DEP. And every year, certainly since I have been the Chief of Staff of DEP since 2010, every year, the number of interns that we receive out of all of them, we always get more females interested and being selected to be interns than males. So we often find a lot more college students and, and students pursuing their masters who are females interested in DEP. And what we are hopeful of is that they will want to join DEP that like Blanca and like Leslie, that they will want to make DEP their career. And also like you, Gladys, that they will like to spend the early parts of their career here. Gladys, how many years have you been in DEP? I've been at DEP for two years. For two years? Yeah. And within that two-year time period, and considering all the various programs that you work with here at DEP and, and people of different titles and different job responsibilities. Do you see a future for yourself here at DEP? Oh, absolutely. Looking around at DEP, I know that there is room for growth for women. It's not just something that I hear, it's something I see every day. You are an example. There's many women directors here who are not just good at their job, but they're also very good role models. 
So if they can make it, I know I can. So Gladys, I'm sure that listening to Blanca and Leslie, each of whom have been here at DEP for over 20 years, you're very hopeful about your future here in the department. Is, yes. is it fair to say that you think that you too maybe at one point will be able to be on the other side of this table talking about your experiences here at DEP and the transitions? Yes, I do. And like I said, these two women are examples of what hard work does. And their hard work and their education and their just focus shows that you can get somewhere if you try. And that being a woman doesn't have to stop you. Well, that's terrific. Thank you, Gladys. Uh, Leslie, you had also mentioned offline your experiences with being one of the few women in a, in a growing field. Can you talk a little bit about that? I think it was a challenge both in the educational process as well as being in DEP. When your opportunities to network with other women scientists or managers were very limited in the beginning, so we sought each other out and sought support for each other, not only in meetings when you make sure you acknowledge women's contributions, but in acknowledging the leadership qualities that are traditionally female that we bring to the table, such as consensus building. So working on those kinds of things to make sure that women are heard and that we support each other as well as we support our male colleagues, I think is extremely important. That's a very good point. And, and Leslie, I totally understand that as, as a female going into, literally sometimes you go into a room and you have to look and seek out how you're going to develop partnerships with the people that are in there. And that's very important. In my role as chief of staff, I often work with Gladys. And when we are outside of Trenton uh, staffing Commissioner Martin at his various events, and Gladys is the one that I need to immediately look for when we land at our locations, I know that by the time I have arrived there with Commissioner Martin, Gladys has already worked the scene and has provided and collected the most update information available. Gladys, can you talk a little bit about what that experience is like for you to be our advance, be representing DEP, and as far as I can tell, you are often surrounded by um, certainly colleagues, but reporters and different members of the environmental groups who are male. What's that like for you? Well, that is true, Magdalena. At first, it was a little off-putting, if I could say that. It was a little nerve-wracking, too, just to see not only that they were male, but they were also older. So I have that age factor to put in as well as the gender factor. But that's something that you have to put up with because this is your job and you have to talk to these people and make sure that you are prepared so that when Commissioner Martin gets there, he's prepared. So yes, it was a little worrisome at first, but you get used to it and I've been treated very graciously. I've never had a problem with a male counterpart. That's good. Now, Blanca, since in your role, you normally wear a uniform, and it's not a role that a lot of women find themselves in, although we do have a really good percentage here in New Jersey with 12 of our 22 superintendents being females. But can you tell us a little bit about what it's like to be representing a park and be wearing that uniform and, and know that you, you are the chief of that park? And, and you are a female, and how has the public responded to you in that? 
Well, it's interesting. The summertime, they usually ask. I usually get the question every day, aren't you hot in that uniform? So that's always fun to get. So having to wear a uniform, it actually kind of makes you feel good. You almost feel like Wonder Woman having, you know, some kind of, you know, uniform on that, that kind of makes you meet the challenges of the day, uh, of the week, whatever it may be. So it's a little different. It's, I guess, in some ways, people respect you a little bit more that you're wearing a uniform. The fact that I'm 5'2", 5'3", I'm a female, you know, it, it kind of makes it a little bit of a challenge. It's intimidating sometimes being around some men. But, you know, we have, I have male colleagues that are wonderful to work with, and that was never an issue with me back when it was a male-dominated field. I was embraced. They, they, uh, I had so many mentors, male mentors, that were really helped me along and tried to make sure that I didn't feel intimidated, that I felt equal to everyone. And now I'm one of 12 women in the state, and I'm honored to be one of those 12 because the, the other 11 are pretty incredible women themselves. And we have incredible women working in our offices. We have incredible women working in our maintenance field that are overlooked a lot of times. So we have a lot of talent out there, whether they be male or female. It is nice to see that we have more females within our ranks. It does make you feel a little bit better that you're not so outnumbered. But to me, it was never an issue. I, I always think in my mind, I've, I'm bigger than what I am. People say, oh, you're so tiny. I don't see myself that way, I guess, in my own mind. And that's kind of helped me along in my field. And, and you know, I'm one of five girls in my family. My father's never, that, that was never an issue for us. You know, he's always empowered us to do whatever we could do as, as females. And my sisters are pretty incredible women themselves in their own right. So it's, it's I've always been, been taught that. Never to use that as a weakness, more of as, as a strength. Well, thank you, Blanca. I, I do want to take this opportunity to mention that here in DEP, we have other women in very significant leadership roles. Mm -hmm. Essentially, they run the department. Uh, so joining me as a chief of staff to help with the operations of the department, uh, I don't know if it'll be a surprise to the folks listening, but the person who's in charge of our building services is a female, Juliet DelVal. The person who's in charge of our budget and finance, all the money that goes in and out of this department, is a female, Adrian Krepke. The person who's in charge of all human resources operations, if you want to be hired in DEP, if you want to talk about your career progression, is a female, Robin Liebskind, the chief of the State Park Police Program here in New Jersey. DEP's law enforcement is run by a woman, Chief Terry Gennardi. If you are interested in a permit, and who in the state of New Jersey is not interested in a permit, and that is what usually people think about when they think about DEP, they go to Assistant Commissioner Ginger Kopkash. So we have many females in significant leadership roles. And Blanca, you also mentioned the word mentorship. And here in DEP, we have various programs where we encourage mentorship. And it's not just through the internship program, but through our Watershed Ambassador Program as well. Leslie, I know that that's a program that is very near and dear to you. Can you talk a little bit about that? Day. AmeriCorps Watershed Ambassador Program is a phenomenal program that has been with DEP over 10 years, I believe. The program brings in 20 
college graduates, and many of them, the predominant number of them now, are women from recent college graduates, and they work on water monitoring, water education, water outreach, schools, watershed associations, and they work in 20 water management areas around the state for a nine-month ambassadorship. And we have found that that program, the recruits that come in already are incredibly talented, and after the program, they are some of the best recruits that DEP can have for full-time positions. And it's a phenomenal program and really helps with environmental education, outreach, and monitoring in the state, but also in producing future prospective employees that are amazing and in their work for DEP. So Leslie, what advice would you have for uh, women as they maybe look at either DEP or look at environmental studies? I would say seek the highest level of education that you can obtain and include science with the policy and policy with the science in terms of the education. Also, intern, 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 network, 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 and consider joining the New Jersey chapter of the Society for Women Environmental Professionals at www.njswep.org. Well, you are right, Leslie. That is a very important organization. It is a national nonprofit professional association that a lot of women and men here at DEP are a part of. And New Jersey's very proud DEP in particular that uh, they have recognized you for your services. It is important that we continue to elevate and encourage the women that are here in DEP and those that are interested in becoming DEP staffers. Well, Gladys, Blanca, Leslie, thank you very much for joining me today. I appreciate all of your work and I honor you. And I also want to encourage Juliet, Adrian, Robin, and Ginger, and Chief Gennardi to continue being the exceptional role models that they are. And I thank you and them for your services to DEP. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Magdalene. Thanks for listening to Discover DEP. If you have comments on the podcast or ideas for future podcast topics, please email us at podcast at dep.nj.gov. Enjoy the rest of your day.